0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Togi Entertainment or its partners.
1: It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Padgett on Toginet. known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, stands the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget.
2: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being with me this evening. The initial setup that I thought of for this evening's program was a continuation of what my show was last week, where I discussed the impact of Fifty Shades of Grey and, you know, their their behaviors, the food, what people liked, what they didn't like, and one of the areas I didn't spend a great deal of time on was the discussion of the positions. So that's what I wanted to go over today Um, in the first segment, in the first 15 minutes. And then then I thought, okay, I'm just going to go down and I'm going to start counting how many times in this book they had sex. Well, I have to tell you, halfway through the first book I said, this is just silly, I don't want to have to count the number of times. What I did want to do instead was look at why the sex they were having was so amazing. So that was my focus when I started... Going through you know uh, yesterday afternoon and earlier this morning, and what I what I found is that when I looked at this it was like you are looking at a man who okay a fantasy man, but this is the man who his number one thing when it comes to anything sexual relative to Anastasia Steele is her pleasure he is all about her pleasure and what works for her. He derives, as most lovers who are really good lovers, derives tremendous pleasure from that. So I started making a list of all the different orgasms she had had, not how many, but the types. And her first orgasm is a breast orgasm. And then she has a vaginal orgasm. Then she has a clitoral G-spot. Then we have all the different positions. Then there's the Oral, But really what I think you need to look at when you're looking at, and, you know, whether she shatters or goes into a million pieces and people have an issue with that. You know, some people shatter. That's just what happens. But she's highly sensitive and she's, he's cued um, just so intricately to her pleasure and what happens with her body. So what I also looked at, and by the way, I'll just give you a little timeline here. They met on the 9th of May when she comes to do the interview with him. The next time he sees her is, like, on the 14th, when he flies down to Portland to see her where she's working. Then they see one another the following day. So it only takes from May 9th until the 21st when she wakes up in, you know, at the Huntman, After having gotten totally drunk the night, you know, and, you know, falling down drunk, and he rescues her, then she flies up to Seattle with him. So it's like 12 days between meeting and when they first have sex. But he is totally, and if you read the final chapter in the third book, you understand he is as smitten by her as she is by him. But here's the big thing that's really fun when you look at relationships they're both learning about one another while they're doing this. He is equally in as in the dark about how to be in a relationship as Anna is. So they meet on May 9th, and they end up getting engaged June 18th on Christian's birthday, which for many people that's like, whoa, what's happening? So, But here's the thing. For some people, that's how quickly they make decisions, and... And anything, and when the Harlequin theme of anything, everything has to happen fast, okay? The, everything you don't have a you know, you don't have two years to figure out that, you know, you're gonna to be together. Period. So here's what I also looked at. Why Christian Gray is the perfect boyfriend, fiance, husband? Point one. And I was mentioning this earlier today to the gentleman who is my bookkeeper. And he says, So why is this book, you know, what's so popular here and what's going on? And I said I said, Well, honestly, it's because this man is the ideal fantasy boyfriend. Now, one does not have to have all of these because, again, we know this is a fictional character, but three or four of these will really make a relationship work. And, ladies, if it works going this way for you, it works the same way for men. So having someone be the complete focus of the pleasure and that the pleasure is, a, you know, is interchanged. And there's only one time where... Anna did not come first, and that was when Christian was wanting to delay her gratification. He knows her body better than she does, and he remembers all of her requests. Think about that. If you have someone who, I mean, that is when I know, when I've asked men how they knew that this person was the one, they literally tell me, they start going into detail And they start describing things. I know at that moment because men remember things when it's really important for them. So this is another one of his behaviors. She makes the offhanded comment when they're being chased by the nasty dark Dodge that, you know, you can get me a white R8 for my birthday, which he does. He's always concerned about her safety. She is first and foremost in his mind. Another point, he always wants to spoil her, and he wants to make her life easier. That gives him tremendous amounts of pleasure. as he says, listen, I can do it. Yeah, he can be the ultimate consumer, but he said, I can do it because I want to. And I'll tell you, there's a gentleman that I know who is exceedingly well-known worldwide, incredibly wealthy, and he told me, about the woman that he is now with, he said, I have never been, I have never met anyone I needed. And Christian Grey needs Anna. That is something that he said, I've enjoyed being, as a man said, I've enjoyed being with other women, things were fine, but really I needed her. Here's another thing. He wants to share his entire world with her. That's a big indicator that a man is spot on and wants that woman in his life. He is introducing her to Charlie Tango, his helicopter, to the gliding, to the boat. She's the first woman he's ever introduced to his family, that he's ever taken places, that's ever slept in his bed. Everything with Anna is a first, which is nice because he has all of this... Previous behavior and sexual behavior, and she has none of that, so she gets to be the first for him, and everywhere. And at one point, um, the first weekend, she they're in the bathroom, and she he has made some comment about wanting to do things with her mouth. So after she has completed, you know, filleting him, and he has come to with great gusto, he looks at her and he says, "And you've never done this before either." And she's like, "Nope." That's important for him because for this man, he wants to be the first for everything in her life. And he regularly, when it comes to, they live in a bubble. I talked about this last week. He regularly brings those that she loves into her cocoon because she's used to doing stuff by herself. She's a single child. Her mother married, you know, four different times. And she has this tremendous, you know, terrific relationship with her stepfather, That is a man that, when Christian, you know, makes a point of taking care of Ray when he has his accident, that absolutely warms her heart. He brings in her family for her surprise birthday party. And he, okay, shall I add here that he's gorgeous? That's a hugely important thing for many women. They want to have someone they're proud to be seen with, right? And he's totally into her. One point that catches most women, people off guard in this, is that he is so willing to change to accommodate her. Because that's not what the initial perception is, because we're only looking at it from Anna's standpoint. And Anastasia has no clue about how men actually operate. So she's thinking he's mad or angry or something's hidden, when in all actuality, Christian is as confused as she is. But he's willing to make the changes, even after he told her, I don't do the girlfriend thing. So he's willing to try vanilla sex, which he'd never done before. And he's willing to sleep with her, which he'd never done before. And all of these are things that open up the door for a man who was used to complete and absolute control until he couldn't control his heart. And that's what Anna represents his heart that he can't control. One thing I think is really sweet about them is that they learn to love one another together. They're both, you know, bumbling around like a couple of (laughs) ding-dongs, not having a clue what they're doing, even though they've got, you know, all this activity. For anyone, I was talking last week on loving the, the food pairings that they were doing, so I did a little research. Um, yesterday and earlier today, on some of the champagnes, particularly the Bollinger, the Rosé Anne, and the gentleman who is my resource is Renee at duvain dot um, net. Here, it's on San Vicente in West Hollywood, and his comment was: "Listen, Bollinger, it, that that Rosé Anne, uh, nineteen ninety nine, just is not available right now, in, or you're going to have to like scout for it." He also told me that Cristal, if you're going to get it, make sure it's at least 12 to 15 years old, then you're going to get a completely different Cristal. And his recommendation for champagne is Bicarte Salmon Rosé, and that's B-I-L-L-E-C-A-R-T-E, salmon, spelled like the salmon, the fish, rosé. He said if you were looking for a spectacular champagne, not over the top, This is the one. So please stay with me because we're going to be coming up to the break here. And then my guest will be coming on and Emily Pryor and I will talk about what BDSM can teach you with Fifty Shades of Grey. Please stay with me.
3: With Alan Sherwood, NBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 central here on toginet.com. Are you ready to get your woo-hoo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books and personal breakthroughs, then it's time to tune in to Woohoo Radio, love, life, business and the pursuit of happiness with your host, Lisa Stedman. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. central on toginet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief woo-hoo woman, Lisa Stedman wants to help you discover the woohoo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature WooHoo way of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one-size-fits-all approach to career, relationships, and personal growth, get your weekly WooHoo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from BooHoo of rock bottom into the WooHoo of Love, Life, Business, and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website, LisaStedman.com. Join us for WooHoo Radio, Love, Life, Business, and the pursuit of happiness. Wednesday afternoons at
1: Lou Paget.
2: Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being with me again. Tonight, my guest and for the rest of the show will be Emily Pryor, who is the director, executive director of... Positive Sexuality, the Center for Positive Sexuality. And the reason I wanted to bring her on, and we had spoken, we're both members, she's a colleague of mine, and we were at a colleague lunch, and I said, you know, I'd love to have the input of someone who understands the world of kink and BDSM on what they would like people to know on the representations in Fifty Shades of Grey and or The things that, as I say, vanilla can learn a lot from the people who enjoy this type of sexual and sexual play. So, Emily, I understand that you are with me? Yes, I am. I'm right here. Fabulous. And the other thing people should know, Emily, when she did her master's, her uh, master's was written in the area of BDSM lifestyle, and it ended up being an award-winning book in our field, winning the Vern Bulla. Uh, I believe, was it 2011 in San Francisco, Emily? Yes. Yes, it was. Which is was a easy. high, high honor in our field, believe me, because there's Thank you. a
4: yeah. number
2: of people who would love to get this award, so I high-five you on that, my dear.
4: Thank you. Thank so you.
2: So when we talked about this, I said, You know, I'm going to let you kind of, like, run with it, but really, people ask me, what and why do people choose to be a part of this world of eroticism?
4: Well, you know, there's a lot of different explanations. I think some people, um, you know, if you're just doing a little bit of spanking, a little bit of hair pulling, biting, she always likes to be on top, he wants to be held down, all this kind of stuff. You know, a lot of people are already doing that, and it doesn't mean that they're, you know, becoming part of a leather family or joining the local SM club, but they're already doing kinky things, and and that's all well and fine. Um, The other end of the spectrum uh, are people who really feel that this is essentially their sexual orientation, that this is what they feel, what they need, um, what has to be included as a part of their sexuality and their eroticism, um, you know, and and everything in between.
2: Okay. When we spoke, I had asked the question, for Christian Grey, he only knows this type of a world of sexuality, having been the sub and then becoming the dom, is it believable that he would adjust and morph as much as he, as he does? I think it makes sense, but I don't know.
4: Um, certainly. You know, uh, uh, people develop and change all the time. And um, if this was already a part of his makeup, if this was already something that was a part of his uh, uh, sexual pattern, Um, or, you know, if we want to get into, like, love maps and all that sort of a thing, you know, if this was already a part of things, and then as he grew and developed and came into who he is, you know, who he became as an adult person Mm -hmm. um, or character, then, you know, it makes sense that things would develop and change to better suit his taste as he developed into his own self. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly not everyone takes that path of starting out as a submissive and then ending up a dominant, or we'd have a bazillion dominants out there and no submissives <laughs> left. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's not really how that works. But
2: <laughs> no. I mean, okay, let me ask you then. Is there, do many people go between? I mean, and is that what they could talk about with topping and bottoming? Or I mean,
4: that. That's a switch, you know. So if somebody, if somebody sometimes they bottom, sometimes they top, sometimes they're dominant, sometimes they're submissive, then they're considered a switch. Um, okay, is that and, the term? Is that the term one uses? Yeah. Okay. That's the term that's used. Okay. And and you know and and that's sort of a uh, uh, the the attitude is sort of oh more for me mm-hmm. um, because you get a lot larger pool of potential partners that way. Um, and some people, it, it for some people, that which end of the power spectrum they're on really doesn't matter. It's just that they want to be in it and be doing it. Um, for others, it's very particular to the partner or the activity. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are certain things that they would prefer to do at the top, other things they would prefer to do at the bottom, and they look for partners that work with that. Okay. So if
2: someone is – let's say someone is wanting to – they've read some things. Oh, and please tell me again, what was the – what's the title of the books that you were recommending, the something, Arrow, the, the books
4: that you – Oh, 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 the, the, the other fiction books? Yes. Um, well, the other fiction I would definitely recommend, um, first there's Exit to Eden which was written by Anne Rice, uh, was originally written under a pseudonym of A.N. Uh because she was trying to break into other types of fiction at the time and, and didn't want this on her resume. Um, <laughs> okay. You know. And, 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 you said, and you said there was no Rosie O'Donnell character? There is no Rosie O'Donnell character. There is no Dan Aykroyd character. It is absolutely nothing like the film. Um, okay. The film takes a couple of names and a location, and that's about where that ends. Uh, we had High mm-hmm. Hopes with St. LaLaney being in it, but it didn't quite get there. So um, the actual book is fantastic, and, and many people within um, BDSM communities kind of see that as a Bible of sorts. There's a relationship uh, guide, because it really speaks to... The, the inner workings and the inner self and, and how it feels to process um, okay. that power change. Okay. Because you did the mention other, that when we were at the last of the lunch. Yeah, yeah. And then the other, the other fiction that I would recommend that's really hot and sexy, it's seriously interesting writing, um, comes from uh, Jacqueline Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last name C A R E Y, mm-hmm. and the series is called the Kushiel series. The first right. book is Kushiel's Dart, and then I think it's Kushiel's Chosen and Kushiel's Avatar, and then there's a whole bunch of others after that. Um, and just really, really amazing writing. She's one of my favorite, favorite authors of all time, um, but also just really, really incredible. And and although it certainly goes way farther than any of the Fifty Shades activities Um, as far as extreme activities is concerned. It's really sexy stuff. It's really interesting. And manages to also talk about safe words and consent and and real relationships at the same time.
2: Okay. I'm going to jump in here with a little something. I did a presentation today for a group of young women, and one of them is she... Likes very, um, she likes very strong play. She really enjoyed when her boyfriend, for example, was holding her around her neck. Um, mm-hmm. She also likes things that she said she you know, liked things in the area of, of blood and things. Now, I don't know whether or not she was just saying that for mm-hmm. impact, Or if indeed, but this was something that, this is one of the first times this group has been able to have any conversation about sexuality. So I'm wondering, um, you know, how best to, A, let her know, you know, A, not to pathologize what she's doing, but to give her a source or something that she can look at. Now, would the Kushiel series be something, or is there something better?
4: Well, um, you know, there's so much you can get from fiction, but there's also nonfiction out there, um, okay. and there, there are guidebooks aplenty. Now, obviously, whenever you're reading material, and especially if you're using the Internet as your resource, you know, take every little thing with a grain of salt and don't take it as gospel.
2: Thank you. Um,
4: <laughs> you know, everyone has their opinion, and, and some people are more right than others. Um, but never get yourself into a position where you're going, well, wow, this book says it has to be this way, and therefore you can't change from that. that don't don't get yourself into that bind. Um, but there are many books out there. Uh, usually the top one that we recommend to somebody is FM 101 by Jay Wiseman. It's been around for I don't know how long, right. more than 10 years, maybe 20 years. Um, I mean, I've got an erotic-bonded handbook
2: book right here.
4: Right, it's still the guidebook. He's an amazing man. Um, uh, And it really gives a lot of basics and and kind of just says, look, here's all the possibilities out there. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just very, you know, goes through a lot of the stuff. Uh, Some of the other ones that people like are like Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns, which Mm -hmm. is a really good book about someone who is into receiving pain for erotic pleasure.
2: And that is her, that's what she, that's what she's into.
4: Yeah, yeah. And that's not uncommon in the league. Um mm-hmm. not, not uncommon really at all. Um, and there's a bunch of others out there. You know, there, there's all kinds of things. And one that I usually recommend, whether you're getting into kink or really if you just want any kind of relationship at all, I always recommend the students to read The Ethical Slut.
2: Oh, okay. Um, um, Dossie?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Dossie Easton. Right. Um, because it's just a gr I mean, the idea is that it's based on non-monogamous relationships, but the fact is you need to be able to communicate no matter what kind of relationship you're in. And, and you know
2: and, what? And that's something that I have said for ages. That's one of the best things that comes out of the whether you call it alternate or kink or whatever, that vanilla world could really, really benefit from is the communication and how they know exactly what they want. Now, we have 15 seconds until Uh our next break. (laughs) So for our listeners, my guest this evening is Emily Pryor, who's the director for the Center for Positive Sexuality, and I have her here to address the BDSM, what happens in it, why it happens, and why it makes Fifty Shades of Grey even hotter. Please stay with us.
3: On
0: What time is it? It's MILF and Cookies Time. Join the rowdy and fun world of Shannon and Amy, two moms I'd like to Facebook. And catch a glimpse of these two best friends as they enjoy their MILF status and devise ways to keep it. They, along with their special guests, will happily reveal their best-kept secrets on how to feel beautiful from the inside out. Some of the fun segments include Happy Hour with Skinny Girl Margaritas, Confessions of a Bad Eater, Making Your Own Money is so hot. Tips for giving your milk status. And don't forget the cookies. We're still moms after all. And best friends are like a good brawl. They never leave you hanging. Shannon represents the ladies in their 40s and is also a woman who came into her cool status late in life after a good long run with the Glee Club. Amy on the other hand is walking the 30s, and as a high school cheerleader has pretty much been cool her whole life. Hook up with host Shannon and Amy every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Central 16. for Milf and Cookies. Here on the
2: Welcome back everyone. Tonight my guest in the last part of the show is Emily Pryor. And Emily's the director for the Center for Positive Sexuality, which you can find at positivesexuality.org. That's the website. And having, she has she teaches and has informal classes in a range of sexuality topics. The one I wanted to focus on for the purpose of this show is in the area of the BDSM lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And while we were on the break, uh, Emily and I were just talking about um, having seen one another at a show called DomCon, D-O-M-Dash-C-O-M. And it was here in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. so, Emily, explain what it is. And I was saying, I when I was there, I, you know, as an observer, seeing the range of, as I call it, humanity that is at this. So oh this-
4: yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Don, Con- Don Con LA has really grown over the years. Um, it actually uh, it is held in Los Angeles and I think it's also held in Tampa, Florida the kind of six months back and forth mm-hmm. with one another. Um, so it's a bi-coastal event and uh, it's really just an incredible incredible, incredible event. When it first opened, it was really geared much more towards professional dominatrixes, mm-hmm. Dominatrices, depending on how you prefer to say that plural. Right. Um, and over the years, um, it's really become more and more open to professionals and lifestylers. Okay. So... Is that the term people uh, prefer? To be uh, called a lifestyler? Yeah. I... I, yeah, I guess so. I get you know everybody has their own thing. Um, it's the easiest one to use, um, but yeah, I, I know there's usually the connotation that that means swingers, which is not really the same thing. But you know, yeah, because I know uh, some
2: people do use that for
4: that, right? And you know, whatever, it's, it's, not, really good <laughs> um, it's not a big At least for Whatever. Other people argue about it. I don't care. Exactly. Um, but I actually I recommend that event. I recommend uh, there's also another event that happens annually called Bizarre Bazaar that happens up in North Hollywood. Um, it's a smaller event, but it's m- and much more lifestyle as opposed to professional. Um, but these are events that I actually recommend to students and sort of newbies and people who are curious to attend because one, it's they're open to the public. Okay, so it's, it's called Bazaar Bazaar. Bizarre bazaar, yeah. Okay. So Okay. Um, and and make sure okay. you're looking for the kinky one and not the one that's like some strange little craft fair. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so by You'll be ladies. really disappointed. <laughs> yeah, or or they get scared. We've actually had some of the the old ladies show up for the other one and and they get a little oh, frightened. they thought, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, anyway, uh, but these are these are. Events that are open to the public, you must be 18 or over. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do, they, have cost, a re- they do have
2: a release that you sign.
4: They do have a release that you sign. Um, uh, in many instances, you're not allowed to take photos or you're only allowed to take photos under very certain circumstances. Um, and they cost somewhere between 10 and $20, depending on when you're going and what day and how many days and all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But they both have classes, they both have vendors, they have a variety of things open and available, and um, and there's no nudity and there's no sex Um so maybe that disappoints a few people, but, <clears throat> but it's safe. It's a safe environment, and so I usually recommend those places to students who are kind of curious but don't want to look like tourists. Um, right. so if, but if everybody's a tourist, then, then you blend in, you know? Well, here's the uh, thing.
2: If you're, if you're willing to go there, chances are you have more of an openness to begin with because you're not going yes. to land up in the lineup to register for DomCon just because you happen to be in the, the lobby. That just doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? It doesn't so happen. For way. me, I am the, I'm the classic um, student and so i'm walking around and i'm looking at the vendors i mean there's mm-hmm. clothing there's toys there's supplements there's yeah. everything but there's also people who are enjoying really being in their world of wanting to be around others who are like that and so for me there's times when i i struggle with definitions on things mm-hmm. and when people are saying, please define, you know, what's the difference between kink, BDSM, and vanilla? Mm-hmm. And to me, vanilla is, does not have anything added to it, and it's more of partner with partner, and if it, there's no toys, there's nothing added in.
4: Right. But, um, Yeah. And and you know I, you know we we like to joke sometimes. Because the 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 question that gets asked most frequently um, is, well, you know, are you capable of having vanilla sex if you if you do SM or kink? And and we'll kind of joke and say, yeah, no, that can never happen again. You're never allowed to have just regular missionary sex; it always has to be kinky, um, which is of course not true at all because who has the time and energy to, to, to set everything all up all the time? Right. Right, <laughs> you know, especially if you're someone who loves role play and fantasy and costumes and and all kinds of bondage gear and all of this other stuff. Sometimes it's not practical; you can't do that all the time. Um, but I, I like to tell people, you know, but it's in your head. All you know, all of the great sex that you have is mostly in your head. It has very little to do with your physical self. Um. And you could have the wildest fantasy going on in your head while you're having, quote, unquote, vanilla sex, and then you can question whether or not you had vanilla sex.
2: You know, thank you for that, because I think that's one of the things people tell me. Let's answer this question. What are the issues that the kink or SM or BDSM world has with Fifty Shades? Because I think there's parts of it that they're making these statements without having read the book.
4: Well, I think that's true. and I, and I think some of the issues that I've heard from various people within the the local communities here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. um, and, and online that I've been in touch with. I think some of the people are having trouble with the sort of setup. Okay, so here you have this dominant guy who, uh, yeah, he's rich and powerful and seems very demanding and seems to have no other part of his personality, at least, you know, when you're starting off the series. Um, And here you have this virginal female who knows nothing but somehow ends up being a blowjob queen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, and and sort of that that set up, I feel, you know, a lot of, people within the communities kind of look at that and go, really? Do we really have to go there to to discuss this? Because, um, yeah, there are people who are coming into this who are new uh, and have never done anything before, obviously. Um, but not all doms, and certainly not all male doms, are these overbearing, demanding uh, people. And, you know, can we get away from some of the stereotypes? Now, mm. you know, stereotypes can be very useful in fiction and to get a point across. Um, but I think a lot of people had difficulty with what seemed to be very stereotypical characters as opposed to much more broad, uh, in-depth, realistic-like characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of it, too, was, uh, you know, the people who were already into kink and who were reading this and going, okay, so when's the kinky part start? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I heard some people saying, you know, well, I thought like, it. it was like 50 pages before anything really sexy happened. What, what's the deal here? Right, well, um, then I think it's
2: on page 104. She tells them she's a virgin.
4: Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> like, really? It's, it's,
2: it's like, okay, where's where's the stuff that I've been waiting to read, right?
4: Right, right. right. You know, it's the, all these people are making all this big deal out of it, and nothing's happened <laughs> going on. You know, let's get to it here.
2: Exactly. And I would agree with you that it was a stereotypical character, but Mm -hmm. when you read the last chapter of book three, you understand he is completely out of his element on how he feels about this woman. You see that he's like you know, it's kind of like he, he does not even know how. So the writing initially, mm-hmm. you're seeing it only from Anna's, you know, perspective. And Anna doesn't know a lot about men. Now, we have two minutes until our next break. So if someone wants to explore this area, you know, where do they go? Do they go online? Do they find someone? How do they find if they really would, like, like, say, I just want to observe something? I just want to see things?
4: Well, what I would recommend, I mean, obviously, you know, you probably have a fairly large listener base, so I don't want to be specific to just Los Angeles. Um, so what I recommend, and again, all things in moderation and, and be cautious of sources, um, what I tend to recommend to people is to go to a place like fetlife.com, com, F E T L I F E, which is essentially Facebook for kinky people. Oh, okay. Um, now be aware this is a not safe for work venue. Um, you will see naked things, you know, you okay. might even see things you weren't really even prepared to see. So be aware of that. This is an X rated site. um, and people are allowed to post things there that you can't post on Facebook.
2: Right, um, and, I'm, I'm, and I've known of FetLife, life, and, and people have told me about it. And but the important thing is, now we have our we're coming up to our next break. My guest is Emily Pryor, and we will come back and continue with. If you wish to explore this or go further, where can you go? And. How can you be guided by someone who absolutely knows and can walk you step by step? Please stay with us.
3: Can you? It's time to bulletproof your taxes. Yes, bulletproof your taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. As a business owner, you know that tax deductions can lower your tax liability, but deciding which expenses are deductible and how to claim them can be confusing, frustrating, and ultimately costly when you're wrong. Former IRS audit supervisor Nellie Williams will help you learn what is deductible and when to take that deduction to avoid raising IRS Red flags. She'll teach you how to survive an IRS audit so you don't have to pay more tax, interest, or penalties. Each week, Nelly will be here to teach us, as entrepreneurs and small business owners, how to pay our fair share and not a penny more. Check out her website, BulletproofYourTaxes.com. Then join us for Bulletproof Your Taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget.
2: Welcome back, everyone. And tonight, I have the ever-so-fabulous Emily Pryor, who is guiding us through how to blend in BDSM and that lifestyle with anything that you might know about Fifty Shades of Grey. So, Emily, just before the break, we were talking about, again, Not Safe for Work, the website... Yes. FetLife, dot com, which, mm-hmm. as you said, is Facebook for kinky people. Yes. Now, how does yeah. someone, let's say someone is interested and they're single and they'd like to look, or someone is interested and they have a partner, different ways of approaching it?
4: Um, you know, obviously, if, if someone is single, then safety is always an issue. You know it I mean safety is always an issue anyway, but if you're single, you really want to be safe and so you know I recommend what you do uh you know you can create an entirely anonymous profile on set life so you don 't have to give your real name you don't have to uh you know you don't have to give your real location you don't have to even post a real picture of yourself so right. you don't have to do any of those things, but remember, no one else does either so <laughs> Of course. (laughs) So if you're interacting with other people, understand that the information that they're providing to you may not be their actual information. So be aware of that and be safe. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking to meet people who are of a similar mind into similar things, what's really fabulous about the site is you can go to the events listing, you can click on a city, and you can see all the events that are going on in that city. Oh, okay. Um and they're all over the world. Okay, so, so events you know, listing
2: on FetLife.
4: Life. Right. Okay. So let's say you're in Minneapolis and you want to know what's going on, you can click on Minneapolis and see what's happening at any given time. Um, what I usually recommend for anyone who is new, who doesn't know anyone already and is not sure where to go, the kinds of events you want to start out with are things called munches. Okay. Um it's a lot less sexy than it sounds. <laughs> Okay. All it is is everybody getting together for a dinner or a lunch. And so you're meeting in a public space, which, again, very, very safe. Um, you are paying for your own food, again, very safe. And and everybody's dressed in regular stuff. You might see somebody in a collar. You might see somebody in a faucet. But for the most part, everybody's going to be dressed, quote-unquote, street-legal. You're not okay. going to see. And they're beauty. called
2: m- munches like lunch munches. with an M? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Why, why are they called munches?
4: I have no idea. That's just okay. Called. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a meat and munch. Oh, okay, um, there know, we go. and has food. Right. So meat and lunch is a so, lunch. Okay, you're right. Right. And so everybody just sort of gets together. And these are very, very low-key, good get-to-know-you kind of thing in a very neutral space. So if you decide you didn't really like anybody that you met or you're not sure of them or you're uncomfortable, then either go next time because there might be a different group of people that will show up the next time to that same event um, or find the next one and go to that one and see who you meet. Because these end up being just really safe, easy ways to meet other people without really having to put yourself out there too much. Okay. Um, if you have a partner, if you're both ready to explore this, one, I would still recommend going to a munch. Um, again, you get to meet other people. You get to see how other people are, are interacting and having relationships. What I find amusing when I attend a lunch is that while some people are talking about, you know, the escapades of last Saturday night and how they strung this person up and did this thing and did all of these kinky wild things, the other person down the table is talking about their kids and taking them to college or dropping them off of preschool or <laughs> all sort of those mundane things. So you've got um, the
2: you've got the, the kink world intersecting at the munch with this is my real world day to day.
4: Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's a nice way to just see everybody as real people as opposed to these weird, scary, strange, kinky people. Mm -hmm. Um, You get to realize that they're just real people with real jobs and children and parents and and all the stuff that goes along with, you know, just surviving day to day. Um, I also recommend that depending on the organizations in any given area, uh, if that organization holds what's called something like an orientation meeting. Oh, okay. um, Many uh, well-known, established organizations that have been around for 15, 20, 25, 30 years um, have orientation meetings.
2: And what would those These organizations are, be?
4: Oh, God, there, there's tons of them all over the world. Okay. Um, so, yeah, for me to give a list would be oh, yeah, That would be way
2: too long. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it would be way too long. Um, but the well-established ones have orientation meetings. These are free... These are usually held uh, either in a neutral space, so sometimes they're held at, you know, a local restaurant or something, and sometimes they're held in their actual play space, dungeon space, et cetera. Um, but these are considered, quote, unquote, non-kink events. So no one's going to do anything or play or, or, or do any of that stuff, but what they're going to do is provide you with the information about that organization and their rules of conduct. Oh, okay. So... You're going to learn what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in that particular space for that particular organization, and you're going to find out if that particular organization um, is focused in a certain way. So some organizations are what's called pansexual, which means anybody is welcome. Doesn't matter, great, gay, straight, bi. It doesn't matter, male, female. It doesn't matter, dom, sub. Everybody can come in. Mm -hmm. Um, Other organizations are very specific, either because of the activity, so it might just be a spanking group, um, and they don't really do other things, um, or organizations are based on gender or sexual orientation, so it might just be a gay men's group. Um, However, if in your given area, you know, say you're a straight woman, but all you're finding are listings for gay men's groups... Mm -hmm. Contact them, because they'll know. Okay. <laughs> contact them. Don't be afraid to contact them and say, hey, I know I'm not really the, the, the person for your group, or your group's not necessarily right for me because I'm a straight gal and I'm and you're a gay men's group, but I can't find the straight girls, uh-huh. the straight kinky girls in my area. Can you help me find them? Because I'm sure they've been asked that question before. Uh, no. um, right. Right. Now, uh, one, one place about Los Angeles is everybody networks.
2: Okay. Now,
4: so. the one thing that I
2: do want people to be aware of is a site to not um, embrace. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It, which is kink dot com, k i n k dot com, which has a number yeah. of different links on it, and a I yeah. yeah, it's to me this is. The energy that comes off of this thing is just nasty. Yeah, and I, it doesn't—it doesn't, I, it doesn't they tell the truth. They—they they are lying. It's just uh, I. It's it is to me not an upfront representation of what that world is. It no. tries to say that it shows these women having these things done to them in a way that is not. Um, it, it's. There's something you know when someone is like frightened out of their mind and yeah. then they show this ridiculousness at the end where she's going like this, I had a really good time. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm hitting the BS meter and it's about a foot wide. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not in that world, but I can tell when I watch this, this is not the truth and she's not enjoying and good herself. For you. Yep. Too many people buy I'm going to tell you. I'm <laughs> going to tell you. I, I'm I'm going to tell people. Kink.com is just, is avoided like the plague. Yeah, it is, is something that a, it's not a representation of play. It is a representation of someone who has found a niche market that they're marketing to, and it's yeah. inaccurate. It's flat yeah. out inaccurate. So that's me, anyways. Now we have three minutes until the end of this uh-huh. show, and Emily and I'm going to be doing your show. Is it what day is it? In September? Is this September
4: normal? We're, yeah, let me. Look I, think my uh, <laughs> I think I was it was October.
2: Because September, I was already booked. October. October.
4: Yeah, I think I have you down for the twenty fifth of October. Some think, something like that. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, October twenty fifth. October twenty fifth.
2: Right. Now, um, if you, for you, I want people to know, what is the legacy that Emily Pryor wants to leave in the field of sexuality?
4: Oh, my gosh, that's such a huge question. Um, I want people to know that as long as what you're doing is consensual, that it's fine, it's okay, it, you know, Stop getting all bunched up about it and, <laughs> and let yourself enjoy your sex life. Um, and, and for me, I, you know, my work is about teaching people about marginalized sexualities,
2: mm-hmm.
4: which when you start to think about it, ends up being everybody, um, really, it, cause it, every it, group gets marginalized in some way.
2: Right. Now, tell me, how was it, and I should have started the show, uh, you know, when you
4: came on, <laughs> how did you get
2: into this yourself? Into the area of sexuality and you know the stuff that you're doing.
4: Um, you know, it was a long road, and, and we were you were saying uh, on the break I think that you came from sort of this a uh, very closed household, mm. and my, I got lots of weird, mi- <laughs> I got lots of weird mixed messages. So my parents were very artistic and so I got these messages that the body is beautiful that the nude body is beautiful and and, and it's this wonderful thing but you know never show it to anybody and don't ever touch it or have sex with it. Oh. Which I didn't understand. <laughs>
2: no, I mean that's, that's the same you know what I have to say. And we're going to have about 45 more seconds here. Yeah. We will talk about this when I'm on your show but yeah. I, I mean I had this same thing. And one of the things that I am so glad to have you on for, is I don't think people understand really how common kink play is. Someone may think holding your hands over your head is totally kinky, and for other people, that's their normal play.
4: Normal.
2: Yeah. But, but I want to, again, I want to normalize things, and I want people to know that if it's sane, consensual, whatever, that, that they're doing just fine. Now, Emily, your site is positivesexuality.org. My guest yeah. this evening has been Emily Pryor, who is the executive director of the Center for Positive Sexuality. Thank you for being with me, my dear. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will continue our discussions October 25th. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Take care and
1: thanks so much. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Padgett.